discussion till life's no fun. All I really gotta do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Don't know why. I have to drive so fast, my car has nothing to prove. It's not you, but it'll do zero to sixty and five. Boy, per capita, I've noticed more pickup trucks here in Dallas than <laughs> anywhere on the planet. It's amazing. It's a good thing here. Live in beautiful Dallas, Texas. Living the good life show. Heard coast to coast. Having some fun. Weather's finally getting a little cooler here. We're enjoying it. Probably not as, as great as it is in, of course, beautiful sunny Southern California, beautiful. including Newport Beach. Yeah, Newport Beach, yeah. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Beautiful. In fact, that's probably the most, the only beautiful place in SoCal right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring on one of the best, though. Phenomenal doctor, Dr. Jeffrey Barkey. How are you doing, sir? Great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. You know, you talk about pickup trucks. Yeah. You know? well, well, here in California, our governor... Thought it would be a good idea to ban all gas-powered vehicles in like <laughs> ten years or something. I'm sure everybody's oh. going to comply. Yeah. Oh man! And mean, meanwhile, our electric grid, you know, is uh, on life support. So how's everybody supposed to plug in their electric cars if we can't even support what we have now? Yeah, <laughs> got to move to Texas and uh, have no worries like that. Hey, uh- well, you must. You must. You guys must run into a lot of Californians in Texas, right? Every day, every I... single day. I actually have to kind of figure out how to, you know, introduce myself these days. You know, talk about you know I'm a refugee, or this or that. You know, it's crazy, but uh, yeah, it is definitely a refreshing uh, experiment, and it's not a, an experiment anymore. I mean, it's just this is home now. But you know, we do miss certain things of Southern California, including the beautiful beach. But and I get there every couple months. But I do want to I want to bring you on uh, and, and talk a little bit about a few things, where we are, where we stand as a nation or even worldwide. You've been on multiple times and I appreciate it because as far as knowledge is concerned, especially when related to covid and you've really you know educated us uh, for the last couple of years and. You know, your affiliation with uh, the American Frontline Doctors and I guess bring everyone up to speed with what that organization does and, and what they're doing currently. Well, first of all, is it true that they're going to rename Dallas New California? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Doc, it's, it's funny you said that. I was on the treadmill this morning at my uh, rehab class next to a Dodger fan decked out with the Dodger hat and a Dodger T-shirt. That was about four hours ago. I love it. Yeah, they're they're everywhere. So America's Frontline Doctors is is still a thing. You know, the founder, Dr. Simone Gold, uh, spent 60 days in federal prison mm. uh, for participating on the July 6th events. And she's now out and uh, is rallying the troops. Um, she is working on creating a network of freedom clinics across the United States these are medical clinics that are unaffiliated with any government entities and do not take any taxpayer or government dollars. Um, and ultimately, she has a dream of not only creating these free scan- freestanding clinics, but also hospital facilities as well. So people have a choice because what we've seen even today, hospitals in the United States, when you're admitted for COVID, and thank goodness that's rare now, uh, continue to use the toxic, ineffective, and dangerous medication remdesivir. Um, 
so there just isn't a lot of science going on in these scientific institutions, unfortunately. You know, science right Recording now is in progress. Science right now is uh, consensus, and the consensus is shutting down voices that disagree so everybody else agrees, and that's kind of where it's come down to. You know, and speaking of California, there's a bill on the governor's desk right now, and it's Assembly Bill uh, 2098, and that bill will allow the Medical Board of California, our MD licensing board, uh, all members of which are appointed by the governor, that bill will will allow the Medical Board of California to sanction and come after the licenses of doctors that spread, in their opinion, misinformation or disinformation. Hmm. And they define that actually in the bill, misinformation. They define it as, I'm paraphrasing, but something like going against the scientific medical consensus. And it's it's ridiculous because science is not about consensus it's actually the opposite. It's about challenging consensus. It's about arguing and debate and ultimately testing a variety of hypotheses to see which one is correct. But as soon as you silence voices that disagree, you no longer have silence. You no longer have science. You have totalitarianism. And that's very dangerous. It's not good and it's not healthy. I've been reading some articles this morning and preparing for an interview that I'm doing this afternoon on all-cause mortality, meaning we know COVID killed some people and there's an expected number of deaths every year just from, you know, going about our business and cancer and heart disease and so forth. But what about is there um, death above and beyond the expected deaths? And I don't mean people that die of COVID, people that have died from unrelated illnesses, has nothing to do with COVID, heart disease, cancer, whatever. And the number of excessive deaths is staggering. It's it's almost record uh, based. There there is a a quote um, that said an, a ten percent increase in all cause mortality above the expected is a one in two hundred year catastrophic event. It's so rare that we see a significant increase in all cause mortality. Well, what we're seeing now is not a ten percent we're seeing a 40% increase in all-cause mortality in some age groups, and nobody is talking about it. It's silent. And we don't know what's causing this, but there's speculation that this is the post-vaccine effect, hmm. meaning these aren't deaths from COVID. It, and by the way, we, we know during the pandemic, you know, if you got in a car, if you were killed in a car crash and in the hospital while they're reviving you, they test you for COVID and you're positive, then that death is reco recorded as a COVID death, right? Ridiculous. So we're aware of all these over categorization of everybody that dies from COVID that wasn't really COVID. But these deaths in all cause mortality have nothing to do with COVID. These are deaths from everything else that do not have a diagnosis of COVID. And in some categories, it's up as high as 40% above expected baseline, mm. which is unheard of and never seen before. So for example, if you look at the VAERS system, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, this is a system that's run by the CDC and the FDA, and it's been poo-pooed as being not, not accurate and so forth, fine. But let's just look at comparative data. So for example, post-COVID shots, there's been 284 reported cases of breast cancer. That's not cause and effect. You know, it's um, you know, it's it's a it's a casual relationship. 
you know, it's not necessarily causation, it's correlation. You go, okay, fine. Well, what about all the other vaccines? Well, if you look at all the other vaccines combined together over the history of the entire virus system, many, many years, like 20 plus years, there's only been 350 cases of breast cancer reported following vaccine. So again, 350, the entire history of, of VAERS, 284 simply as a result of COVID. I mean, that's staggering. The same thing is true of leukemia and other illnesses as well and, and a variety of conditions. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody is actually talking about this. And then how accurate is VAERS? Well, there was a study out of Harvard years ago maybe 10 years ago or so, called the Lazarus study. You can look it up. And the researchers took data from a big, giant HMO out of, out of Harvard. And they said, okay, let's look at the electronic data of all the reported serious vaccine injuries or side effects. This is electronic data, not government data. And they looked at all that. And they go, okay, got it. Now let's take those and see how many of those serious vaccine injuries were reported to the VAERS system. How accurate is VAERS? Is it overreporting? Is it underreported? What's going on with that? And they discovered only about 1% of all serious vaccine side effects or injuries were reported to the VAERS system. So the VAERS system is dramatically underreporting any side effect injury related to vaccines. Um, and we know this is going on. I'm seeing it in my own practice. We're seeing it across the country. But nobody is talking about it in legacy media. They're silent. Hmm. They don't want to report that there are signals suggesting that these vaccines are causing more harm than good. We're seeing it everywhere. They're not stopping infection. They're not stopping transmission to the extent around the margins that they prevent serious disease, fine. But what about the long-term effects of these vaccines impairing the immune system and causing other problems? And that's what this all-cause mortality data is suggesting. Crazy. Uh, I'm just wondering after this recording, uh airs this Sunday if we're going to be heard on the air uh, the following Sunday based on uh, <laughs> what the doc just said. <laughs> oh, man. You know, doctor, and also, I mean, I, I think I might I might have read this this past week or last week. Something about Harvard came out with a study saying that the vaccine actually could be more harmful than getting COVID. I think that I just saw that. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. but I, No, I did see it, and I, I, I think – you're not allowed to say it, but I think it's true. In my own practice, uh, some of the people that are most ill from COVID are those that have been vaccinated. Mm. And the ones that are unvaccinated that get COVID usually do really well because they have an intact immune system. Yeah, yeah. I I had it for five days, very mild, like five weeks ago, and uh, I did not get vaccinated ever, never plan on getting vaccinated I've got a I've got a patient. They're 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 a couple, husband and wife, and they're visiting in New York. They've got a small house in New York that they go to, and they both now have come down with COVID, and we're treating them with the usual medications. Uh, very difficult to find in New York, by the way. Ivermectin is almost really? impossible to find in New York. The standard pharmacies like CVS, Walgreens, in New York, they have Dwayne Reed. That's a big pharmacy chain. They refused to dispense ivermectin. So they found a mom and pop pharmacy in Chinatown, of all places. Wow. And we were able to get the ivermectin there. They're now about three, four days in, and they're, they're both doing well. They're recovering nicely. Put them on ivermectin, the usual um, yeah. nutraceuticals, Z-Pak, some steroids, nose, throat, rinse protocol, and they're doing fine. Um, you know, had we had the ability to use these repurposed medications without 
restrictions early on, I think we could have saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives. Unbelievable. President Biden claims COVID is done. The pandemic is over. Yeah. You know, we just saw that the world saw it. He announced it. Yet you've got governors like your governor, not my governor anymore, but your governor still threatening, you know, certain mandates. And he's, you know, I I don't know what's going on, but, you know, I feel like one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing. But in your humble opinion, is the pandemic, is it over? Well, it's been over for a long time. I mean, the the CDC, by the way, even told us that they changed their guidelines now a couple, three weeks ago. And it's very telling what they've done, the CDC. And remember to your audience, the CDC, 50% of the funding of the CDC comes from the pharmaceutical industry. You should know that. Same with the FDA. So the CDC changed their guidelines. And they said, uh, by the way, people that have no symptoms no longer need to be tested. Hmm. Did the science change to tell us that? No. (laughs) We've We've known asymptomatic people rarely if ever spread this illness the world health organization told us that even early in the pandemic but what we have to remember is the predicate upon which all the draconian lockdown tricks were implemented was the idea that asymptomatic spread was a thing so the reason why we closed closed schools remember is we were told that little johnny would come to school feeling fine but he would spread the illness to his other uh, students spread the illness to his teachers, and then all those kids and adults would bring it home and kill grandma and grandpa. Therefore, we have to close down the schools and isolate everybody. Well, now the CDC is saying, well, just kidding. That's actually not a thing. Well, we knew that wasn't a thing. It was the reason why we masked everybody. We said, you know, sorry you feel good, but you got to wear a mask because you might actually have the illness and you can spread it to other people. So everybody and their mother has to wear a mask, including on airplanes when you're sitting three inches away from people. So the mass charade was under the guise also of asymptomatic spread. And that never was a thing. And the CDC now is acknowledging it. Do you think anybody's going to lose their job at the CDC? You think there's going to be any uh, ramifications as a result of that? No, of course not. There, there, there is never any um, holding to account of people that have made these kind of mistakes. Yeah. And now here we are, you still see, I'm sure less so in in Texas, although I, I was out there, um, you know, a month or so ago visiting my dad. And although it's rare, but occasionally you'll see that lone person with a mask on their face or, or a waiter or waitress still wearing a mask. But you, you see that all the time out here in uh, the communist country of California. We're not going to make it to the year where he's in two weeks. <laughs> You know, and speaking of speaking of being censored, I, I saw this funny meme a friend of mine posted something like if liking my if you're worried about liking my post means the FD, the FBI is going to knock on your door. It said, don't worry, because the FBI doesn't knock on your door. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not go yeah, okay, perfect. President Trump. Oh, geez. Hey, hey Doc, any uh, comments or concerns that uh, the rumor is Dr. Fauci is retiring finally? Well, Fauci told us that himself, and uh, he will retire, but he will be held to account. So (laughs) when uh, Republicans take over at least the House of Representatives, there will be investigations, and Fauci will be the center of that, both for his malfeasance during COVID-19, his role that he and his National Institutes of Health played in in paying for 
core and promoting gain of function research at the Wuhan Virology Lab. So there needs to be an accounting and, and Fauci is at the center of that. And if you haven't read it, you should, but uh, Bobby Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, lays it all out and not just about COVID, but Fauci's entire history. He did something very similar during the AIDS epidemic uh, back in the 90s, where he suppressed medications that were cheap and effective over dangerous medications mm. uh, that were being brought forward by his pharma buddies that he and his agencies were profiting from. Crazy. Well, all, crazy. I, all I know is that uh, Senator and Dr. Uh, uh, Rand out of uh, uh, Kentucky can't wait to uh, see uh, November uh, come fast enough. He's going yeah. to get his fill. Yeah, let's hope so. Rand Paul and Senator Ron Johnson, I think they will be at the forefront of these investigations. Yeah. Two, two of the best senators that have actually been questioning the science and shedding a light on what's what's actually going on. Personal concierge physicians, uh, you move. You're not. Uh, are you in Corona Del Mar now? We're, yeah, we're in Corona Del Mar. We we moved from. Uh, it's still all in Greater Newport Beach, but okay. we moved from one office to another. It's weird how like the last couple years. I mean we've talked nothing but COVID and, and it's like, is the flu around? I mean, my son, both of my kids in the last 30 to 50 days have had strep. Okay. And <laughs> there's other illnesses out there. In fact, it was really funny out here, you know, going out to either seeing our doctor or urgent care. And a lot of the nurses and even the, the, the physicians are saying, look at strep's actually you could get that a lot faster and it's it's more prevalent and and they weren't really worried about covid as much as strep it's crazy you know and other know. other illnesses yeah remember during the pandemic we saw almost no flu yeah and uh you know why was that you know it's not clear but some of the pcr testing you, you know the fda removed um some of this pcr testing from market because they weren't able to differentiate between covid and influenza so I think a lot of what we were seeing early on that we said was COVID was actually influenza. Mm. You know, of course, that flu vaccines are now now appearing on the market for this upcoming flu season. And once again, as is the case every year, we're told that this is going to be the worst flu season in history <laughs> and that you should go out and get the flu shot. And when you look at the data for the flu shot, at best, in a really good year, it's only about 30% effective. Uh, and more likely in the single digits. So they keep getting it wrong. They being the FDA keeps getting it wrong year in and year out, yet they still push it on everybody um, to go get their flu shot. And, you know, the enormous amount of money in these vaccines are, is staggering. And it's hard not to believe that there's some level of uh, corrupt influence by the money. And you know, for your audience, if you know nothing else about the vaccine industry, if this was the only thing you knew, you should be skeptical. And that is every single vaccine company that's pushing these vaccines, be it COVID or flu or shingles or pneumonia or all the childhood, uh, you know, illnesses, measles, mumps, rubella, tetanus, et cetera. All these vaccine companies are immune from liability. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what that means is if you're injured by a vaccine and it happens all the time, there is no recourse against any of the vaccine companies. That's crazy. And so if you're a company and you have no liability um, for the product that you're putting to market, what exactly is your incentive to go overboard to make sure that you're putting forward a product that is both safe and effective? I mean, it would you get into a car if you knew whatever your car, Ford, 
you know, whatever it is, if you knew Ford had no liability for the product, so if something went wrong and there was a manufacturer defect yeah. uh, that they had no liability, it would make you pretty skeptical to want to hop into that car or use any product for that matter. And for some reason, we did this years ago, and maybe it made, made sense years ago, but it no longer makes sense. We need to remove that liability protection uh, and allow the industry to face the public and to face the scrutiny to make sure their products are safe and effective. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like the pharmaceutical industry has been around forever. And I feel like, you know, they're doing what they're doing. Um, and, you know, they're making some drugs actually that really help. But here's the thing. If you want to point your finger at someone, I just feel like it's the media, you know, because I feel like they've really put fear into people from day one when this started and didn't allow us to realize that our body can fight illness just like, or, you know, a lot of illness, just like it's been doing for years with the flu and whatnot. And I mean, look at everyone's got their, you know, their certain problems health wise and whether it's obesity or whatever it is. And maybe that has a major issue when it comes to fighting COVID. Maybe it makes it a lot harder to fight. But at the end of the day, when you're watching people who don't even take any meds when they have COVID and they're healing maybe it takes a little longer because <laughs> honestly the the cocktail that you uh, prescribed me was phenomenal like i had my wife you know she didn't have hydroxychloroquine with her uh ivermectin i had that great cocktail that you gave me i was i was better in like two two days she was in bed for like five six days because i don't know i don't know what it was but at the end of the day i'm a huge believer of the medicine that you prescribed here's the thing people were people are getting better without medicine when it comes to COVID too. I just, over-the-counter drugs, that's all they're taking. I just, you know, I just feel like, you know, we were not advised properly. We weren't, you know, we were scared to, to death. You are going to die if you don't get this vaccine, you know? And I mean, I, I can't believe it. I was dropping my son off to school today and there was one kid walking into school with a mask on here in Dallas. One out of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kids. And that's, I think, because the parents are just scared. Scared. Fear, fear is a big thing. You're right about the media. And if you look at the media, the problem with the media, in part, there's a lot of problems, but th they're sponsored by pharma. Okay. So, you know, you look at the Anderson Cooper show and, you know, this segment sponsored by Pfizer, yeah. et cetera. E even the medical journals, there have been problems. The most uh, prestigious medical journal in this country is probably the New England Journal of Medicine. Mm hmm. And if you grab the New England Journal of Medicine, it's hard to read. I used to get it. It's very esoteric. It's very academic. It's not, you know, it's not easy reading. But if you look through it and just thumb through the pages, you know, every 10th page or so, there's a full page ad from pharma. They are sponsored and supported by the pharmaceutical industry. I wrote an article about this called COVID-19, Follow the Money. Mm -hmm. You can find it on my website, rx for liberty It was published in uh, The American Thinker. And it's all about the money and the pharmaceutical industry. And I get accused all the time of being anti big pharma, you know, whatever, you know, obviously there are, there are life-saving drugs that we need to come yeah. to market, but too often we push drugs that are unneeded um, and unnecessary statins, everybody, you know, cholesterol is a little high, take a statin, um, even though there's little evidence to support it, except in a very narrow range of patients, somebody who's had a heart attack, for example, or, SSRIs, Prozac, Lexapro, Celexa, for example, articles recently show that the idea that there is a chemical imbalance in the brain that is restored by these medications 
turns out actually not to be a thing and that we're causing, in many cases, more harm than good. So there's a role for pharmaceutical companies, but they're too big, too powerful. And when you look at the money, big pharma is the number one lobbyer in the federal government. Number one, by far. What's next in line after big pharma? Well, big oil. Big Pharma spends three times more money than the oil industry lobbying the federal government and almost four times more than the education industry. We think of, you know, these teachers unions that spend enormous amounts to influence legislation. They do. But Big Pharma pales uh, to to in in how much they spend. These these companies pale in comparison to Big Pharma. Um, So we, we should fix that. We should remove these. Um, insidious influences. In the CDC and the FDA, we should remove funding from them, except from taxpayer money. They're supposed to have the back of the American people. They're supposed to work FDA, Food and Drug Administration. They're supposed to oversee industry on behalf of the American people. Well, how can we legitimately believe what they're doing when most of their funding, not most, but about 50% of their funding comes from the industries that they're overseeing? I mean, look at it this way. What if we took the uh, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, and it was funded by ExxonMobil? W- would we have a lot of confidence in whatever the, not that we have a lot of confidence anyways, but would we have a lot of confidence in the EPA if they were funded by ExxonMobil? No, of course not. Um, and, and that's why even in healthcare, it's so important that you find a doctor that isn't funded by their local healthcare uh, institution. Too many doctors now are working for these big healthcare institutions. So they have, they can only refer to doctors that are in network in that institution. They order labs, they order x-rays. Uh, everything they do is within that captured group. They're biased. Hmm. Their paycheck is coming from the institution. So they have to follow the institution's protocols. You need a doctor that's independent, that gets paid by you, the customer, um, so has your best interest. They can refer you to whoever the hell they want that thinks meets your best needs. They can order blood tests, lab tests, x-rays from the place that they think serves you best because they work for you, not for the paycheck from the from the healthcare bureaucracy. Letters and emails to Dr. Jeffrey Barkey. <laughs> I love him. You know what? You know what? At the end of the day, you're speaking. You're speaking uh, just truth, and uh, we appreciate obviously what you do, what you continue to do, um, and you know, I, we love having you on the show. I, I definitely uh, want to have you back sooner than later, uh, and we'll get into certain things. Like uh, I'm hearing that uh, COVID might be mutating into something else. Who knows? There's so much to talk about. China. But at the end of the day, we got to live our life, right? Yeah. Well, listen, let me let me leave you with this because I think it's important. First of all, RX for Liberty is my website. There's a way to contact me. I, I respond to every email that comes in through my website. But we're seeing the rollout of this new vaccine, the so-called Omicron variant vaccine. Uh, use great caution if you're considering that because this vaccine has not been tested for efficacy. There were no human trials that tested to see if this vaccine actually works. And we've never used two strains of uh, inf- of uh, COVID together in one vaccine. There's no mm-hmm. safety or efficacy trials. And yet we're rolling this out as if it's been tested and true under emergency use authorization. Remember, emergency use authorization, President Biden just told us there is no more emergency. So how do you authorize a vaccine under emergency use authorization when there is no emergency 
and we have very effective uh, medications um, to treat this illness. So there should be no EUA vaccine that's being rolled out. We should not allow a vaccine to be rolled out that hasn't been tested. Uh, this potentially could be a dangerous product, so be very, very careful. And under no circumstances should a child receive this COVID vaccine. The death rate for a child, the mortality rate for a child for COVID is 0%. So it doesn't make sense to vaccinate a child right. against an illness they're not at risk using an experimental product that has no long-term safety studies. So mom and dad, don't let your kid grow up to be a cowboy and don't let them get a COVID-19 vaccine. Especially a, I Dallas, love especially especially a, a Dallas, Dallas cowboy. cowboy. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Is Doc. there a song about that or something? <laughs> Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Good seeing you, Doc. You too. Dr. Jeffrey Barkey, you can address your emails to him. I love it. Down in uh, Southern California. More to come. Living the Good Life Show. We'll be right back, everyone. Looking back again. Song, song of the South. South. Song, song of the South. 